Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious, smooth Strava Craft Coffee. Not only does it pack a great one-two punch of delicious coffee with that caffeine boost, but it also gives you the benefits of the CBD infusion that it has. And I'll throw on a third. If you subscribe with Strava Craft Coffee, you'll save 20% on every single order. And you don't have to enter your credit card information every single time. It just gets delivered straight to your door every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks at that 20% off discount. And if you haven't tried Strava Craft Coffee yet and aren't ready to commit to fully subscribing, well, use that magical code DNVR20 to get 20% off your first purchase with that magical code DNVR20 at Strava Craft Coffee. Get your hands on some of this delicious, smooth, CBD-infused Strava Craft coffee. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach, Mace, RK, and the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four, we're still waiting for Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, I got to tell you guys about MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring a real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs, and they have those relevant teachers teaching those jobs. The ones that are out in the field know what, what skills you need after you graduate. Those are the ones teaching the classes. And we have some, very, some of our very own staff members at DNVR taking MSU Denver classes, and they say just that. So make sure to check out msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer including over 40 online and hybrid programs and 750 classes. They've got something for you. I can almost guarantee it. So make sure to check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, what's going on? How are you doing today? Well, I'm overcoming a few technical difficulties here, so I apologize 
for not sounding as crisp as usual, having to use the computer microphones today. Hopefully we'll have that resolved tomorrow, but all things considered, not too bad. I'm not doing as well as Mike Purcell is today. I think Mike <laughs> Purcell is doing better than anybody in the orbit of Broncos country based on the big news that came down the wire this morning. Without a doubt, Mace. Early this morning, Mike Purcell and the Broncos agreeing on a three-year contract extension. This is something that just a year ago probably seems so far-fetched to him, the idea of this, that the, the hometown kid, Mace, gets to stay home in Colorado through 2023. Yeah, what was it that uh, Vic, Vic Fangio said to John Elway when they were talking about him, uh, about bringing him in and uh he said something effective uh, be careful you might end up keeping him <laughs> this guy yeah. from uh out of highlands ranch took taking the road less traveled going through the alliance of american football with the salt lake stallions and uh certainly uh we've seen the broncos probably get more out of the aaf than any other team because Devontae Bosby's playing meaningful snaps again, as he should have been all along this season. <laughs> and Mike Purcell has been their starting nose tackle for the last year or so. And his impact on the run defense and the defense as a whole was profound. When he went to the nose the same time that Alexander Johnson uh, went to inside linebacker last year, the Broncos defense immediately got better uh, over the last 12 games of that season. It's carried over uh, to this year. Purcell, uh, it, absolutely immovable against the run one thing that I've seen Zach though that sort of enhances Mike Purcell's skill set and I think made this three-year deal more attractive is that he's actually provided some push in the pass rush as well and has done a good job occupying blockers and creating some one-on-one -on -one opportunities for other guys so Purcell a little bit more of the complete package I think than initially expected the deal makes sense, even though, kind of like Brand McManus, it's another deal on the fringes rather than some of the uh, the bigger names getting done. The Broncos getting do, uh, getting some some lesser priority contracts so far this year, while some of the bigger ones remain outstanding. Yeah, exactly. And and Mace Mike Purcell has done this, you know, without Jarrell Casey playing next to him in, in this past game, without Von Miller taking some pressure off of him. I mean, what he's done has been really impressive, and he has about a full body of work, of one full season as the Broncos' starting big guy in the center of their defensive line. Because he took over around week five last year, and when he did, the defense really changed. And Mike Purcell has just been the guy – that you don't really talk about. And when you're talking about nose tackles, Mace, that's a good thing because a nose tackle is just like an offensive lineman. If you don't say their name, then that's a good thing. And we have said his name once, and it was because he got a sack, and he has been providing interior pressure as well. So he has just been such a bright spot. Vic Fangio knew exactly what they were getting. It's crazy that in 2017, Mace, he was on six different teams in the calendar year of 2017, then played in the AAF. Then the Broncos got him on the cheap last year, liked him enough to keep him to tender him after the season. And then of course, now keeping him through 2023 uh, born in Highlands ranch. What a cool, cool story for Mike Purcell. And when we talked to him just a couple of weeks ago, Mace, 
he was just adamant on, you know, how he needs to continue to get better. And I thought that was really cool today. I expect that we'll talk to him today uh, as well. But, you know, myself being born and raised in Colorado uh, and, and Mike as well, I can only imagine how cool it is to be playing with the Denver Broncos when you, when you were born in Colorado for four years at least. No, five years because he spent last year on the team. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, when you see Purcell, this reminds you why this the NFL needs some kind of developmental circuit. Because some players are just late bloomers. Some guys just need time to develop, time to figure out, time for teams to figure out what their proper use is, what how their skill sets will allow them to contribute at a high level. I mean, if if we were in the business of saying that a guy was done after and useless after being cut, after being cut once or twice, or uh, after having gone through a couple of camps without success, then Mike Purcell wouldn't be standing here on an NFL roster right now and playing well. I mean, that eight weeks of the AAF, that's what got him back to the NFL, even though Vic Fangio has the, had the connection, obviously. You're not talking about Mike Purcell being with the Broncos if he doesn't go over to Salt Lake and play well for those eight games and get the opportunity. I mean, there these op- maybe they're, we're not talking about quarterbacks, although I think the developmental league would help the quarterback position as well. But it just goes to show you that some guys just take a little bit of time to get to where they can contribute at the pro level. Where, and sometimes they take a little bit of time to get to where they're playing at a high level. Look at Garrett Bowles, for example, somebody um, whose name is uh, definitely dominating conversation right now. But the more you, the success stories I see like this, the more I'm reminded there needs to be some kind of developmental league that gives guys opportunities to actually play because without the AAF, Mike Purcell is probably in his life beyond football right now. Yeah. He's not here. He's not with the Broncos. Yeah. Maybe he found his love for computer science as maybe is the phrase of the week right now, Mace. And Mike Purcell is going to be called on big time this week. Uh, Of course, Mace, we got to see the new England Patriots play last night. And Mike Purcell's not only waking up happy because of the contract he has, but he's happy about what he saw last night with the New England Patriots. Man, I didn't expect them to look very good, but I expected their quarterbacks to be a little better, Mace. And why the Broncos are going to need Mike Purcell big time is in three of the four Patriots games, they've rushed for over 180 yards last night. They went for 186 on the ground. Of course, that didn't mean much as they were only able to put up 10 points. But in the two games that they won with Cam Newton as their quarterback, they put up over 200 yards. It doesn't look like we're going to see Cam Newton this week play the Broncos. But still, that rushing attack was very formidable last night. Uh, And now in their one loss with Cam Newton, they only put up 60 rushing yards against the Seahawks. So, Mike Purcell is likely going to be called on big time, especially after seeing how, how bad the Patriots quarterbacks were last night. If, if I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm just handing the ball off. Yeah, and you know what? If you're the Broncos defense and you're looking out there on Sunday and you don't see Cam Newton staring across the line of scrimmage from you, you're daring that you're daring them to pass. Yeah. You're going heavy. You're go, you're going eight in the box. You're moving a you're moving a safety up. Maybe you're cheating. Uh, Kareem Jackson uh, up into the box to to try to supplement what you've got from the front seven. 
this team without Cam Newton can't throw, can't throw accurately. I mean, you just all you have to do is look at what you saw at what you saw last night, and really. This was a winnable game. It's amazing to talk about it in Arrowhead Stadium against Patrick Mahomes. That was a winnable game for the Patriots if Cam Newton had played. I'll, I'll actually go as far as to say they would have won yeah. if Cam Newton was in that game. Yeah, and, and I don't think that's crazy to say, Mace, because it did feel, uh, you know, the, the end score, the Patriots cover the big spread. but Or, or I'm sorry, the Chiefs cover the big mm-hmm. spread. But it was a close game that the New England's defense actually played the Chiefs very, very well, only gave up 26 points. And we were staring at a, a 6-3 game for a lot of the time. And the, the Chiefs or the, the Patriots end up throwing three picks on the day. And when you play a good team, Mace, and when you don't play the Jets and you throw three picks, that's what happens it, it is last night. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't overcome those mistakes against Kansas City. New England's equation is ground game, defense, and then when Cam Newton is out there, being able to pass just enough. With Cam, when Cam Newton is the quarterback, you do have to play the Patriots honest because he, is, he has gotten back the passing skills that injuries had taken away during his last couple of years in Carolina. So you do have to take him seriously through the air when he's out there. I mean, the – the, the, the number one story, the story of all stories in the next five days is the status of Cam Newton. Yeah. Is, is he asymptomatic? Can he pass two, two COVID tests in time to play the game? Because if Cam Newton plays, I don't think it matters whether Drew Locke comes back or you're playing Brett Rippon or Blake Bortles or Jeff Driscoll, whoever ends up uh, being in uniform. It'll be, if it's not Locke, of course, it'll be uh, Brett Rippon starting. But if Cam, if, if Cam Newton is out there, the Broncos don't have much of a chance to win this game. Probably about a probably about a one in ten chance to win. If he's yep. not out there, I think that takes it up to about 45 percent, close to a close to a coin flip. The Patriots are still favored because that defense. And if one thing we did see last night, they kept they did a good job keeping the Chiefs in front of them until they finally broke at the end. They were bending, but they were stout in the red zone. So you're not, you're not going to get many points on these guys in all likelihood on, on Sunday. Yeah, ex- exactly. I expect, although I love the under last week, I do like the under again this week because I just think you're going to see uh, not two bad offenses necessarily, but two really good defenses. And I thought the under was going to happen last week because it was just really going to be two bad offenses. This week, I think it's because two good defenses step up. And, and Mace, it's we, we talked about this yesterday, what you would set the line at if Cam Newton played, if he didn't play, if Drew Locke played, if he didn't play. If Cam Newton is playing – and uh, let's say it's against Drew Locke and or Brett Rippon. I, I want two lines from you. What's the line? And if Cam Newton doesn't play, what would you put the line at? If, if Cam Newton plays, the line is at least seven. I agree. I was going to say seven and a half. If he doesn't play, I think the line is two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was, I was going to go even one. And that's incredible. That is incredible. Just to show you, I mean, and we know quarterback's the most important position in sports, Mace, but that is such a wild swing, and I totally agree. And that pretty much means if you're more than a seven-point underdog, you don't really have a chance 
of winning the game. You know, it's like you said, one in 10 shot of winning if, if you're that much of an underdog. But obviously, if you're just a one-point dog, anything can happen. Yeah. It, again, it, it pushes the game close to a coin flip. And it then becomes a game where the Broncos have to do something that they have not done as well as Vic Fangio would hope throughout his tenure. They've got to force turnovers. Yep. And that's there's there have been a lot of things that Vic Fangio's defense has done reasonably well uh, over his time with the team. It's been an above average defense, not a great defense, but above average. But the turnover touch that you expected when you hired Vic Fangio, it hasn't been there. Well, here it is, a golden opportunity right there in front of you. Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham yesterday combining for three interceptions and uh, and one lost fumble yesterday Yikes. by Brian Hoyer. And, you know, St- Stidham, of course, had the two picks when he was trying to get the Patriots back in it late. Hoyer had the, the lost fumble and the interception. It's right there for the taking for you. If you, if you, if you can just, you know, get your, get your helmet on the ball, you can just go for the go for the strip, or just simply when Stidham and and or Hoyer have to go back to pass, just confuse them a little bit. Although I don't see, think we'll see Brian Hoyer. I mean, Hoyer was just ugh. Ugh. <laughs> he, he he was he was so bad. I think once they make that move, it means mm-hmm. it's going to be Stidham this week if Cam isn't out there. And Mace, I, I'm willing to go as far as to say that the Patriots could be Super Bowl contenders this year if Cam Newton continues to play the way he's played and they have him. That's the type of opponent that I think you have to face on the road this week if Cam Newton is back. Without him, they are extremely, extremely beatable, even for a one-and-three Broncos team. So, man, I mean, it, it is so fascinating just how quickly this Broncos season absolutely flipped. Because then, of course, you play the Dolphins the following week, and who knows, maybe Tua's making his first NFL start then. Uh, The Dolphins had to announce that they were sticking with Ryan Fitzpatrick this week after what happened last week against Seattle. So it it could very easily be a three-game win streak for the Broncos, uh, but you got to take care of business this week. Now, the Patriots did not look good on offense last night, and I know people are loving that, and and I I think it brings a lot of hope to the Broncos. But Mace, I don't think their quarterbacks will look that bad again. Uh, It is so rare that Bill Belichick doesn't make adjustments from game to game and where areas of weakness look really bad in one week, it is very rare for that to look bad a second week in a row. I have to imagine that the Patriots offense looks better and puts up more than 10 points next week. Well, the other thing to consider with Jarrett Stidham in his defense, if he comes, if he starts that game and he's starting with a clean slate, the play calling is going to be a little different than it was when he comes in, they're behind, the Chiefs are getting some momentum, and they're basically in scramble mode. So even though Stidham is not nearly the runner that Cam Newton is, you wonder if maybe they simply look at what's worked and said, okay, say, okay, we're going to plug Jarrett Stidham in and ask him to be more of a distributor in the ground game than a passer, and then, and then have him pass on – a relatively limited basis compared to what he was doing last night. That right. might be their best play. 
Right, right. And may, maybe a magic number for the Patriots is top 200 rushing yards because 186 didn't get it done last night. Mesa, the odds have to be heavily in your favor when you run for 186 yards. And obviously it, it wasn't close enough for the Patriots when you have three turnovers. So that's going to be another huge number to look at this week is the turnover margin. It's funny you mentioned that because this year – the Patriots are 2-0 and when they surpass 200 yards and they're on the ground, and 0-2 when they don't. Of course, against Seattle, Cam was firing away, and they, as a team, accumulated 397 passing yards in losing 35-30 of the Seahawks. So they only ran for 67 yards in that game, kind of, kind of amazingly, because you don't, didn't really kind of think of it, think of it that way. You don't really think of, of the Patriots' offense in that regard. What that just shows is that they can – they can go in any direction they want to with yeah. Cam Newton. And unfortunately with Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham for that, or for, unfortunately for them, it just limits their possibilities. Right. Yep, exactly. Man, I can't wait to continue to break down this game as we have just talked about how important it is. And now the Broncos have a chance. And I want to talk to the people, Mace, but before we do, got to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. Week four football is finally in the books after that awesome Monday night doubleheader last night, but it's on to week five and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. And to add to that excitement of this coming week with a huge game for the Broncos, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't miss offer. And if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, Head to the app now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. DraftKings offers great odd boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain, whether you're a new user or not. And if you don't want to bet on football, you, they're giving basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. That's DNVR, and use the sign-up bonus up to $1,000. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Zach, do you remember what my pick of the week was last week? Uh, it wasn't uh, Brave Strikeouts, was it? No, it was Green Bay yep. giving seven and a half points at that moment to the Falcons. Yep. So when Matt Ryan located Calvin Ridley last night in the fourth quarter, I got nervous. <laughs> but then a timely breakup. Ridley can't bring it in. You can call it a drop. You can call it a pass defense. You can call it whatever. But that ensured that the Packers had a double-digit win. And that yeah. had me ready to celebrate. And what better thing to celebrate with than a brew from our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Of course, you can uh, get some of that Avalanche Amber at your local grocery store or Costco. And don't forget about the 15-can sampler that you can get throughout the state of Colorado. A lot of grocery stores have it. Our friends over at Costco have it. So make sure you take advantage of that. If you can't decide what you want, get a little bit of everything with that 15-can sampler. And of course, 
If you're in the Denver area, don't forget about the farmhouse, the restaurant they've got down at their brewery in Littleton. It's right off Santa Fe. Use the code DNVR and save $5 off your meal. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for pickup, and they'll bring your to-go order right out to your car for you. And hey, don't forget to order some brews because you know what? You don't just get the food from the farmhouse. You can get an array of Breckenridge brews. Just so you can get a you can get an array of Breckenridge brews over at the DNBR bar. If you're outside of Colorado, no sweat. Anywhere in the United States, check out the Breck Beer Locator at the Breckenridge Brewery website. Odds are you're going to find some place not too far from you that has some of those delicious Breckenridge brews. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of the NBR. All right, Mace, let's talk to the people and hop into the comment section. First one coming in from Sound Guy. If Peyton Manning's football IQ is a 10 out of 10, what are the football IQs of Brett Rippon and Drew Locke? Hmm. Okay, well, yeah, Peyton's the standard here. Yeah, I agree. I'd say, I mean, I don't want to insult anybody. That's the problem. But I would say that Brett Rippon is an eight and a half and Drew Locke is about a seven and a half. Oh, holy cow. Wow, that is much higher than I was going. I, I was going to go like sixes just because of, of the scale of, you know, what a Peyton Manning is. Yeah, uh, but Rippon is sharp. I mean, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think he's going to make an outstanding coach down the line. Yeah. But in the interim, he can be a good backup quarterback if he can curb some of the mistakes that he made. I, I have to say, I am a little bit concerned about what Bill Belichick is going to throw at him on Sunday if yeah. Brett Rippon is the starting quarterback. Yeah. That's, the, that's a matchup that makes me really nervous. Yeah, yeah, me as well. And that, that's another reason why, man, if you can have Drew Locke back, that would be huge because, yeah, I think Belichick is going to make it very, very tough for Brett Rippon. Next yep. one coming in from Zach took the under. I'm always team Zach. Thank you. But by following his under is free money epiphany, I ended losing all my ice cream fudge or fundage. Guess I'll eat staple popcorn for dessert for the next year. I love you, Zach, but this really hurts. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing me, Zach took the under. I'm so sorry. I should have a little disclaimer after every time I say free money. Just uh, add a little disclaimer. There is no such there is no such thing as free money while gambling. Oh. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we yeah. all th th thought the under was going to hit. Oh, I'm sorry for leading you astray. The other thing is maybe we need to put a disclaimer that says, these predictions are for entertainment purposes only, not to be used as the basis of an actual cash wager. But the problem is, you know, we actually are okay with that since it's now legal in Colorado. We used to have that disclaimer come on with some pick segments. Oh, right, exactly. Oh, yeah. oh, hey, you, you are still making the picks of your own free will, even if you're just <laughs> listening to us. Andy Reid's burner. Guys, I know it is incredibly unlikely, but given there are seven teams making the playoffs, what would it take to see the entire AFC West making the playoffs? Hmm. Even more, think about the Chiefs get number one overall on the bye. Chargers number five, Raiders number six, Broncos number seven. They all win the first weeks of the divisional round, be Chiefs versus Broncos and Chargers versus Raiders. Just crazy to think about what is the line on that happening? Oh, I'm sure you can get great odds on that. I would not say that is free money at all. That's for sure. <laughs> It's, I'd say it's astronomical. And the other thing it, that matters here is the divisions that, they're, that that division is paired against. And let's just take the 
AFC North, for example. The AFC North draws the dreadful NFC East in interconference play, and then also draws the AFC South in intra-conference play. And the AFC West draws the NFC South, which isn't great, but you've got Tampa Bay, you've got New Orleans figuring it out. Yeah. And then also draws the AFC East and you have Buffalo and New England. So if you're going to bet on a division where this could happen, I'd bet on the AFC North, not the AFC West. Mm. But the odds would still be incredibly long. Oh, yeah. So, Mace, let's say this does happen. How are you, what, how are you seeding the teams from what we know right now? Obviously, Chiefs will be the one seed. How are you putting Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos in between five, six, and seven? Uh, probably exactly as it is. Really, I think I think the Raiders would be that number five seed, and I think it's a coin mm-hmm. flip between Chargers and Broncos. But because the Chargers have the quarterback right now and, and healthy, mm-hmm. I'd give them the 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 six. Yeah, I think the char the and maybe even say the Raiders seven because the Chargers will get some guys back eventually, like Chris Harris Jr. Now the Raiders will get Henry Ruggs back, of, of course, as well. But uh, I would say that in terms of ceilings, Justin Herbert and Drew Locke have higher ceilings than Derek Carr does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that point for sure. Next one coming in from another guy that was hounding me for the under love thunder down under the case of Rippin versus Stidham case will be heard on November 10th, no, 20. He's got it. He, oh, he's got yeah, the yeah, way yeah. the rest he of the does. world has he it. He does. October, <laughs> October, 11th 2020 judge judy is presiding man this game seems winnable man 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 very excited to see what sort of damage ripping can do with Lindsay and gordon together not a lot of tape on it all might be the secret weapon especially if the drizzly bear is the wild horse formation with the two of them over under on direct snaps to a running back or driscoll in this game what's the line what are you taking Okay, well, I don't think we'll see many direct snaps. It's a nice little novelty thing, but it's not something where I expect to uh, to see a lot of. So you'd say that the over-under is probably going to be at, what, two, three? Yeah, I was going to say two and a half, so right right in between there, Mace, because I, I don't know if it's actually going to be to a running back, but I could see the Jeff Driscoll package if Brett Rippon is playing. Uh, be, being a little more prevalent than we saw last week because the Broncos didn't really feel like they had to break it out last week. I feel th- they'll have that need this week. Yeah. Um, right now, okay, there's, there, there's one. I'm, I'm looking at the CBS Sports line has the Patriots as an 11.5-point favorite. But mm. I don't see the line at – DraftKings, maybe I'm missing it here, but I, I don't oh, they, think our friends at DraftKings have posted a line on this game. Yeah, they have not set a line. They're probably waiting to see if Cam is going to play or not, would be my guess. Yeah, and also I think wanting to see if Drew Locke is going to play. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainties, and I wonder when that line will be available because we may not know if either of these guys are going to play until kickoff. Yeah, like right now, I think uh, – uh, looking, because I'm, I'm looking now at this pay at uh, thelines.com, okay, and they take line and and they actually have uh, odds listed from five different outlets, including DraftKings, and four of the five do not have a line on this game yet. 
<laughs> yep, they're too afraid because so much uncertainty. Exactly. And man, I think I hope we know a lot more about both quarterback situations in about 26 hours from now. After we talk to Vic, after Drew Lock is out of practice, after he wakes up tomorrow, sees how his arm is doing, if he throws today. And then, Mace, we get the delight of talking to Bill Belichick this afternoon. Very curious to see what he says, if he says anything. I can't believe they're having Belichick do the conference call today when they played last night and then he had a late flight back. I'm sure Bill is going to be all sunshine, rainbows, (laughs) lollipops, and blooming flowers on this conference call with us. Yes, I'm sure he will. He'll he'll probably just want to talk and talk and talk and talk, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michelle, sorry to keep piling on, Zach, man. This is the whale on Zach day. But I'm sitting here watching this Monday nighter wondering about your ice-cold Aaron Rodgers takes. Ice cold. <laughs> well, you know what, Michelle? This isn't the first time Aaron Rodgers has looked good in September and October. Certainly not. Let's wait till he gets to January and see if he crumbles again. Or if he keeps this, I mean, yeah, there's no denying what he's doing right now is looking really good. But again, he's looked really good in September, October, November, many, many, many years. Let's see what happens in the postseason. I'm gonna, I'm basically, I'm just gonna have to fall back on that until the postseason to. comes around. <laughs> that's your, that's your only play here. He's just looking too damn good right now. He is. <laughs> A- angry Aaron Rodgers is a transcendent Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, I'm I'm already salivating at the possibility of uh, an NFC Championship game between the Seahawks and Packers. Oh man! And seeing Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers, it's I would be shocked right now if they're not the the one two seeds in the NFC. And actually, of those two, I give a slight edge on the number one seed to the Packers. Because they have a better defense. Seattle's defense right now is not good. No, no, they're not. And Mace, you know what? I hope it happens. I hope the Packers are the number one seed so that when they lose oh, their man. first game in the playoffs, it'll even be more spectacular. What happened? Did you have a bet on the <laughs> Packers when they played the Giants in the divisional round in January of 2012, the year the Packers went 15-1? and one. Did you have a bet that they just didn't come through on here? This seems personal. No, no, not, nothing personal to it. I just, uh, you know, I go through with what my eyes tell me. <laughs> so there we go. I hope the Packers are the number one seed so that we can uh, we can see it unfold in glorious fashion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mark IT Snatch. Hey, guys, if Breckenridge Brewery got a while – while hair up the proverbial territory and brewed a batch of either strawberry sky or hot peak as a nitro, what do you call the half and half version of an RK special? Oh, wow. How do, how do we unfold this, unpack this one? Uh, I think we wait for RK to come back and let him figure this one out. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Good question, though. This upcoming game feels like we ordered from Wish an epic showdown between Cam and Locke and a reunion with Cam and his father. Instead, we'll likely see the battle of Jared Stidham and Brett Rippon. I want to get excited for what may be much more competitive game in a daunting setting, but the upcoming game somehow feels underwhelming. Outside of the quarterback play, what do you guys want to see from the rest of the team at whatever position group you wish to discuss? Well, yeah, it, it, it's 
you know what? What makes this game still very interesting is just how high of stakes it is for the Broncos. If you fall to one and four, it is so tough to come back, especially when one of your next two games is against the Chiefs. And your other game is against the team who Ryan Fitzpatrick could go crazy and have four touchdowns and 400 yards. He's such a wild card. But if you're at two and, two and three after this game, man, two-game win streak, playing the Dolphins at home, it is so different. So I know it's not Cam versus Von Miller and Drew Locke, but, man, this game still has so much riding on it. So, Mace, what position group do you want to see this week? Okay. I, this isn't a position group for me. This is a collective. I want to see takeaways. Like I said earlier, this is an opportunity to do something that you've struggled to do. In the past year, since Vic Fangio became the head coach, Zach, the Broncos only have 19 takeaways. That is more than only two teams, the Raiders and the Chargers. Wow. So they're won't get it done. They're tied with Dallas for 29th in the league in takeaways in that time. This year, only have two takeaways in four games to this point. And that places them tied for 29th again. Only Houston has fewer takeaways. The Texans don't have any. So if it's Jarrett Stidham and, and or Brian Hoyer, most likely Jarrett Stidham, here's an opportunity to get some takeaways, to do the thing that usually defines Vic Fangio defenses. Yeah. and That's what I want to see. Mace, we talk about how Bill Belichick could make this, this great game plan against Brett Rippon to just throw him so far off the rails. Why, why can't we say the same thing about Vic Fangio? Or should we be saying the same thing? Because there's no reason that Vic Fangio shouldn't be able to develop an even more daunting game plan for Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer than Bill does for Brett Rippon. He's Vic Fangio. He's the evil genius. Get, give some evil to, to this New England Patriots offense, Vic. That's what we need to see. I totally agree with you. I'll just give another one on the other side of the ball. I want to see what Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay can do as not just a, a tandem, because we only got to see them for a couple of series so far together, but I want to see what they can do if it's Brett Rippon out there. I mean, Pat Shermer should be able to call handoff three out of every four plays in this game and be successful with the amount that they have invested in those two guys and the way that you can use them. So uh, I want to see what this group can do uh, healthy and without really a, a starting quarterback if Drew's not out there. And the other thing you consider, you want to put the game in Melvin Gordon's hands, even though he did have the fumble in week one, because if you put this game in Brett Rippon's hands, then you're going up against a defense that, oh, by the way, is second in the league in takeaways this year with eight. So the Patriots averaging two per game. Only the Browns have more takeaways this season. And in the same time span since the start of the 2019 season, when the Broncos are better than only two teams in takeaways, the Patriots are better than everybody. 44 takeaways in their last 20 games dating back to the start of the 2019 season. So wow. you've got to take the ball from them, and then you've got to protect it. The Broncos, they won with a minus three turnover margin against the Jets last Thursday. I feel pretty safe in saying they're not winning a game like that again, not this week. Yes, yeah, certainly not. I feel very comfortable saying that. Lock the Casbah. Very upsetting. A.J. Boye's recovery will take weeks longer. 
We're probably losing Fant for this game, but getting Philip Lindsay back, if Locke is still out, is losing Fant and getting Lindsay this week a net positive or a net negative? Could we get any other players back besides Lindsay and Locke this week? And I didn't have a chance to watch the game, but judging by the four turnovers the Patriots had and the final score, do you guys feel any better about a possible win this weekend, even if Locke isn't back? Well, we certainly touched on that last question. Uh, Mace, mm-hmm. is, it, is, is getting Lindsay back but losing Fant just uh, – does it net nothing? Yeah, it, it nets nothing. Even though you can get Albert O back out there, the problem is – while Noah Fant has at least shown to be a willing blocker, uh, we're still way down the line with Albert O as a blocker. So you're not going to be able to use him as extensively, Albert O, as you would Noah Fant. So that basically means you'll probably see more of Jake Butt. And Jake Butt's a great story, but he is not Noah Fant as a pass catcher. So, it does, so I think you do end up losing something with Noah Fant, and Philip Lindsay can make up for it, but I, at, in the end sum – it's no better than a wash. Yeah, uh, I think I think you lo- end up losing a little bit just because of the replacement players that you're talking about, Mason. Alberto is going to be a great one in a year or two, but right now I agree with you, Mason. I, I think the fall off from from Fant is is pretty big, and I don't view the the drop off from Lindsey to Freeman. I view it as just more on Roy or, or more on uh, Melvin Gordon's plate. So I don't view it as much of a fall off. But getting Lindsey back will certainly help. You know what I'd like to see as well? What's that? Two back sets. Yeah. I want to see if, if Phil is healthy and ready to go, I want to see Melvin and Phil. Yep. You got to get your best players out there, right? And yep. at this point, your best players would involve having two running backs, given that you don't have Cortland and you're not going to have KJ Handler and you're not going to have Noah Fan. Yep, exactly. Love Thunder down under. Speaking of that, Mace, when can we expect to see 22 or 13 personnel used more often? I would love to see calls where we have a single tight end split out wide and then motion out the extra tight end or running back to the slot. Is there anything to suggest Shermer would ever put together those those packages? Seems like an amazingly dynamic group for the Broncos. Maybe later in the season, we might see Fant, Alberto, Lindsey, and Melvin Gordon together. Man, I hope so. I hope that the dire situation injury-wise leads to some creativity. And what you suggest, I like the notion of having the single tight end split wide. That's where I would use Albert O this week. Right. And then you motion Phil or you motion Jake Butt. Right. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that would be really good. I, I don't know uh, if we're going to see a lot of that this week just with Fant being out, but once uh, – <laughs> Once Fant's back, yeah, I, I would love to see that. And until then, Mace, get Lindsey and Gordon on the field together as much as possible. I totally agree. Yep. Get it, looked bet- really, it looked really good that first game in that first half. And you know what? Bill Belichick's going to throw some things at you, so why not fight fire with fire? Why not try to catch him off guard? Although Belichick's probably anticipate these things because he's always <laughs> two moves ahead. Yep. Jock Strap Jerry. Quick appreciation post for the best Broncos pod in the universe. RK, Zach, and Mace, three of you bring a level of knowledge and love that keeps me listening regardless of how the season is going. Even though the season has not gone the way any of us have hoped, you guys managed to keep thousands of people engaged, informed, and hopeful. You and the entire DNVR staff have created a true community, and that is not an easy task in today's world. You should all be incredibly proud of the work you put in. I can't wait for the fruits of your labor to pay off when we celebrate Lombardi number four sometime in the near future. This pod has been a staple of my daily life for three years and it will continue to be for as long 
is I'm a Broncos fan. Love you guys and keep killing the game. Oh, man, we love you, Jockstrap wow. Jerry. Right back. That is too cool. It means so much. I, I truly mean that, Jockstrap Jerry. Thank you so much. And it means the world that you ride with us every day. That was really kind words. Uh, yeah, Lombardi number four. That's, uh, yeah, hope, hope for that. Although, I don't know. I feel uh, Drew Locke's got to be the guy because yeah. Justin Herbert's starting to scare me a little bit, and we all oh, know about Patrick Mahomes. Goodness gracious, me uh, too. And Mace, if you want to chase your own championship, head over to WGT Golf right now to get on the course and play with us. WGT Golf, of course, is the most popular golf game in the world. The official gaming partner of DNVR and Zach Stevens' favorite game of the past decade. So head over to dnvrgolf.com to download the free WGT Golf app. We ask that you go to dnvrgolf.com to download it because it lets WGT know that you want to play with us. Once you've downloaded WGT Golf, go into the clubhouse section and search for DNVR3. That's DNVR in the number three. That'll get you into our clubhouse series. Uh, we've got DNVR1, DNVR2. Now DNVR3 is open for new members and that'll get you access to everything that we got going. It puts you in our awesome community over at WGT and it lets you have access to all of the weekly tournaments we have and any majors we have with some cash prizes out there and you can take home your own Lombardi on the golf course yourself. So make sure to check them out at dnvrgolf.com and download WGT Golf. And whether you're golfing in person or golfing virtually with WGT, you want to make sure that you've got those pearly whites and you can share them with the world. And that's where you turn to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and like all of us, extreme Colorado sports fans. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam, guess what? You'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. And this isn't just some throwaway freebie like a like a ball game cap or something like that. This is something that you really want. Sonic, I have the Sonicare toothbrush in my home as well. And what it does is it promotes good brushing habits. You'll hear it beep every 30 seconds, move to a different side of the mouth, beep, beep, beep. And then you know what? You've brushed your teeth for two minutes, which is what you're supposed to do. Without it, you get a little bit lazy. The Sonicare toothbrush will keep you on a good brushing schedule and will promote good brushing habits. If you go there, tag us and them. Show how the DMVR community can support our biggest supporters, Green Mountain Dental. They'll treat you like family. And we've got a family here. They'll make you part of your, their family there. 15 minutes from downtown Denver and Green Mountain Dental always wants you to know that the first step to, take to good health is taking care of your mouth. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned dentist in the area. Next one coming in from Dan Burke. Hey guys, the narrative around Drew right now reminds me a lot of what was said about Josh Allen circa 2019. Allen's detractors will point to his general accuracy, low deep ball completion percentage, the fact he had missed time with injuries, and his low PFF grades. Whereas his supporters will point to his leadership, mobility, physical tools, and the fact he wins games. I personally think Drew is substantially ahead of where Allen was as a rookie and for most of his second year. Now Allen also had the added dynamic of being a threat as a runner, but I think there may be a cautionary tale about giving up on Drew without knowing exactly what you have. No doubt the Broncos should take Trevor if they're in a position to trade up, but if he came between Drew and Fields, it's still early, and a lot can change on both sides of the equation. But right now, I'm taking Drew. What do y'all think? You know what? Right now, I'm taking Drew Locke as well, but 
here's the thing. RK is not here, but I'll use it. <laughs> the, the test for Fields is if he does it this year, and we haven't seen him yet this season. Right. Because then you know he's more than a one-season wonder. That's what we're all waiting to find out with Justin Fields. Yep. Is, is he somebody who can carry it over from year to year? And he's not going to have the luxury of some cushy non-conference games. You know what? There's no Akron on the schedule this year for Ohio State. It's all Big Ten opponents. So he's going to get thrown into the fire right away. If Justin Fields does well and then Drew Locke comes back from the injury and either A, has another injury, I think that's unfortunately something you have to factor in this, this equation, or B, doesn't take the next step, then I think you are probably talking about Fields being the more attractive option. But you're, we're not there yet. And fortunately, no decision has to be made yet. Right. And Dan, I think when a decision has to be made, it's going to be clear. I think if the Broncos are in the Justin Fields conversation, it's very clear that Drew's not the guy and that Justin Fields is at least a better option than Drew Locke. If the Broncos would have to trade, you know, three first round picks in order to get up to a top five pick to take Justin Fields, then I think it's very clear that Drew did enough to show that he's the guy and win those games. So I think it's going to be very easy. I don't think it's have to come down decision between uh, Fields or Locke. Yeah, I think next, so as well. Next one coming in from maybe the dingo, H.O. Baby. The NFL has seen a share of playoff teams before the expansion of the field with poor records. What would you say the odds are of a losing team making the playoffs this season? And what would that mean that a 7-9 and nine team will be drafting in the last 14 because their conference is softer this year? Well, here's what's interesting. When we throw, when we throw out the 1982 strike shortened season, it was only nine games. And we look at losing teams below 500 that made the playoffs. We think of the Seahawks back in 2010 at seven and nine and the Panthers who in 2014 went to the playoffs at seven, eight and one, I believe. And they're both division winners. So really what, if there's a losing team, it comes from a really lousy division where everybody is bad. The, the seventh team in the playoffs being a wild card team, more, far more often than not, I would say probably like maybe like 19 times out of 20, that seventh team in the, in the postseason is going to be no worse than 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah. So, yeah, the losing team in the playoffs, if there is one this year, it's probably coming from the NFC East. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably will be. And Mace, right now, oh, man, this is not good. The seventh team in the playoffs right now would be the Cleveland Browns, and they have a three and one record. Mace, listen to the record of these playoff teams in the AFC if the season were to end right now. Kansas City, four and Buffalo, four and Tennessee, three and Pittsburgh, three and Baltimore, three and one. Indianapolis, three and one. Cleveland, three and one. You have New England as the first team out. They're sitting at two and two. And then uh, on the flip side, you have Cincinnati. Uh, the Chargers, Dolphins, Denver, Jacksonville, Houston, and the Jets with one or fewer wins. I mean, it, it's sta- it's top-heavy right now in the AFC. Yeah, Cleveland is the interesting one because I think they're going to hang around. I think they're going to end up being in the mix until the end. But what happens when they start to face uh, – well, they already, they already have one game against Baltimore in their back pocket, and they lost it by a lot. But they still have a couple of games with Pittsburgh coming up. And uh, that's the AFC North is interesting because 
Cincinnati looks like they're going to be feisty enough to cause some problems. Yeah. But that is a but that division right now the AFC North looks to me like the best division in football top to bottom this year. It certainly does. I mean, three playoff teams as it stands right now and Cincinnati with that one tie. That could help them uh, when push yeah. comes to shove. And remember, if Randy Bullock doesn't miss that kick in week one against the Chargers, yeah. if he hits it, they go to overtime, they could win that game. Cincinnati could easily be 2-1-1 one, and one right now. Yeah, and there you go. If that's the case, Mason, the Chargers are 0-4. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit of a break for the uh, AFC West, not drawing, that, uh, not drawing the AFC North in, in, in intra-division, intra-con- intra-conference interdivisional play because yeah that 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 division looks pretty strong because again since he looks feisty but man that'll that that's gonna be interesting and and if they beat each other up then i think maybe things normalize a little bit but yeah top heavy yeah it's there's not there's not a lot of muddled middle but over time i expect we'll see that muddled middle develop i would think so as well Drew Locke chiming in. Hey, gentlemen, since it's been a while since my last comment, I figured I'd give you guys an update on how my inaugural football season for Elkhorn North is going. Still no wins for the varsity or JV, although the varsity is steadily getting better and was only down 13 to 14 at halftime of last game. This week, however, the varsity is playing another currently winless team, and we are think all thinking that this could be the week it finally happens. Good luck. After winning our first game, the freshman team had three really hard-fought losses. But last week, we dominated our rival school 26-6, to so really nothing else matters. We have two more games remaining, so there's still a chance that the freshman team can finish above 500. Well, good luck, and keep us updated on that. And he says one question. If Drew and Cam Newton cannot play next week, who would you rather see lined up opposite of Brett, a.k.a. Mark Rippon, Stidham, or Hoyer? As always, thank you for everything you guys do. I will update you after our game on Friday. Maybe next week we will all be celebrating the first varsity football win ever in Wolves history. Stay happy and healthy. Hey, the future's looking bright over there at Elkhorn North with that freshman team. Outstanding. Congratulations. Who would you rather see lined up? Okay. Stidham at least brings the possibility of the unknown for the Patriots. I'd rather see Hoyer. And don't forget... Vic Fangio knows Brian Hoyer pretty well because Hoyer was a filling quarterback for the Bears back in 2016. Yeah, good point, Mason. That's why it's easy. You'd rather see Brian Hoyer. He just mm-hmm. he looked really bad yesterday. He was a guy that got benched. Uh, Mace, we know a guy that got benched. Jeff Driscoll got benched. Mm-hmm. Who would the Patriots rather see, Jeff Driscoll or uh, Brett Rippon? I think they'd rather see Jeff Driscoll. Exactly. And as our friend Benjamin Albright noted on Twitter, if Jeff Driscoll has a sundial, what does what does Brian Hoyer have as far as the clock, <laughs> the eternal clock? Yeah, it's. I'd say it's his bad. clock is. He doesn't even have a sundial. It's just a stopped clock. <laughs> There's nothing keeping time in his head right now. Yeah, could be could be set for another good Bradley Chubb game if he's back there. Oh, that is a very good point. The other Ryan, my boys. Through a quarter of the season, Jerry Judy has accumulated 234 receiving yards, putting him on pace for 936 receiving yards this season. With Cortland Sun out for the season, KJ Hamler out for some time, Noah Fant week to week, and Tim Patrick sure to draw more attention than normal based on how well he played against the Jets. Judy has a decent shot at a 1,000-yard receiving season as a rookie, especially as it continues to get more comfortable working out early season and rookie jitters. In 2008, Eddie Royal amassed 980 receiving yards, a Broncos record for a rookie in a stellar rookie campaign. 
Also, here's another public service announcement. The Las Vegas Raiders passed up on Jerry Judy to select Henry Ruggs III. Do you think that Judy makes it to 1,000 yards receiving this season? As always, thank you for the comprehensive coverage, coverage pardon me, of the orange and blue DNVR me salute. Uh, great points the other Ryan and yes I do think Jerry Judy makes it to a thousand because I think he's only going to get better I, I think he's only going to get more involved in the offense and he's been consistent you know I, and I know he he had a few drops early in the season but he's had 50 yards in each of the four first games of the season which is pretty pretty darn impressive he did and I think those numbers are going to get bigger for him and I know I was skeptical on Judy being a thousand yarder, but without Cortland Sutton, the opportunities are going to be there. I think Judy does end up breaking a thousand yards this year. I agree. Next one from LDJ. Scale of one to ten, how much is how much is the probability of this happening in your opinion? Albert O gets on the field by week six. We get Draymond AJ back after the bye. Fangio pressing with more DBs and stop playing so far off, allowing dinks and dunks. I think this will make this team so much better. On a scale of one to ten. How likely are these? Are, is this of happening? Okay, Alberto getting in. I think that's that is about a nine point eight. With yes. all of that out, seriously, a, I agree. A roster spot waiting for him. So, yeah, I think he makes his debut on Sunday. Draymond Jones and AJ Boye back after the bye. Yeah, I think it happens after the bye. Yeah, I think that's a that's a that's another solid nine on both. Yeah, I agree. Fangio pressing more DBs and stopping playing so far off, allowing dinks and dunks. This is the one I don't see happening. Yeah. Because this is not part and parcel of what Vic Fangio asks of his defensive backs. They're zone-based. They're going to give some underneath cushion. I'd say probably about a two. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Mace. That's not who Vic Fangio is, and that's one of the things that I think has drove everyone a little crazy, especially when you play these dink and dunk teams, especially the Raiders, is Vic says, okay, they're just not going to beat us over the top for the big play. We're okay with that, and it drives people crazy. Which is why it was such a pleasure to see Devontae Bosby in there, because he does play back, but he reacts quickly and makes plays on the yep. ball. Yep. Which yep. we haven't been seeing. So if you're going to do that, Vic, you got to have Devontae Bosby in. I totally agree. Good point, Mace. Got to have the big boss, man. Got to have the big boss. The final one, I think, here, coming in from Kirk Smith, 44. I remember back to a pod where you guys were ranking Locke, Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence after the season heading into the draft. I believe RK had it Locke 1, Lawrence 2, and Burrow 3 because we had seen Locke play in the NFL and the others we hadn't. I thought at the time it was a little biased, but I could understand the argument. Now – that you've seen Burrow in the NFL and some more of Trevor. How would you rank them moving forward? Also, always take smooth over crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. <laughs> Don't mess up your peanut butter with a little little bits of peanut. Just have <laughs> like, like Jerry Judy running a route, nice and smooth. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an equal peanut butter opportunity provider here. Okay, that's fair. And I'm not turning down chunky. I just... <laughs> I don't like having to pick stuff out of my teeth. And anyway. that's fair. All right. This is easy for me, Mace. How I'd yeah. rank these three guys. I'm curious if it's as easy for you and if we have the same ranking. All right. Yeah. My ranking is Lawrence Burrow Luck. And it's easy. I sorry. totally, I, I totally sorry. agree with that. And but, I, yeah. I think it's... I think there's actually a pretty sizable gap in between all of them. And unfortunately the, the biggest gap is between Burrow uh, and, and Locke. Burrow looks like the truth. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be that even more. And 
We haven't seen him play in the NFL, but that's not something that concerns me with Trevor Lawrence. And here's how, like, passer rating deceives, okay? Let's take their first four starts. Okay. Joe Burrow's passer rating is 89.7. Drew Locks was 89.4. Okay. If you went by passer rating, you'd say, wow, they're close. Yeah. But part of it that also has to be considered is that how is how they're being used. Joe Burrow averaged 12 more pass attempts per game in his first four starts than Drew Locke. Drew Locke, they were, with, the, with some rare exceptions, like the Texans game, they were keeping the bubble wrap on him. There's no bubble wrap on Joe Burrow. Right. He's no. having to do everything. And he did it without a preseason. He did it without OTAs. He's looks to be getting better by the week. And he's the focal point of what the Bengals are trying to do. And so yeah. teams are teams are scheming to stop Joe Burrow. Right. And right. he's still playing well. Yep, exactly. He 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 is. And that it, and it, that's not an indictment on Drew Locke at all. I mean, we're, we're talking about two first back-to-back yeah. overall picks in a draft. So it's okay that, that Drew's third there. And, heck, he still has time to prove everyone wrong. And oh, we still believe in Drew. Right. And, look, the Bengals, even though you're – I'm optimistic about where they're going. And, hey, they could be 2-1-1. One, and one. They're almost certainly not going to be a playoff team this year. This doesn't mean they're not going to find out that Joe Burrow is the guy. That's sort of – Ties it back into the Broncos. Let's say they lose to New England and beat the Dolphins, but but lose to the Chiefs, and they're sitting at two and five. Then almost certainly the Broncos aren't going anywhere postseason-wise. It doesn't mean that the rest of the season isn't vitally important for figuring out what you have in Drew Locke, and it doesn't mean that you can't find out that Drew Locke is the guy. Yeah, exactly. Just like that one guy up in the north who had a bad season, but uh, the Packers found out that he was the truth. He's not your truth, though. <laughs> but truth is relative. You know, oh. hey, that, you, know you, can, you can kill somebody with truth, but truth is relative. Facts are, <laughs> on the other hand, you know, those are incontrovertible. I like that. I like that. And something else I like, Mace, is Green Mountain Dental. They've been part of our family for many, many years. And so make sure to check them out because they will treat you like family. Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. That's only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area and extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. So what's better than getting your teeth cleaned? Well, getting to talk some Colorado sports while you're there. Well, what's better than that? is they will give you that free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. There's no reason not to check out Green Mountain Dental Group out in Lakewood. They've been a DNVR partner. They've showed us the love, so make sure to show them the love as well because taking care of our partners is taking care of us. So make sure to check out Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood and schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam to get your free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, Mace, that'll do it today. Thank you so much for rolling with me. Thank you all so much for rolling with us and man it is getting juicy this broncos season could be flipping on its head in just a couple of days from now i can't wait to continue to break down this game find out what quarterbacks will be playing and get our predictions in so for andrew mason i'm zach stevens thank you all so much for joining us today and rolling with us every single day we will talk to you tomorrow
Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.